everyone. Welcome back into Bombs Away, a Minnesota Twins podcast. I'm your host, CJ Baumgartner, and a couple things I'm going to get out uh, right away. One, uh, I'm recording this next to my laundry room, and there's a good chance the dryer might go off. So if you hear weird buzzing in the background, that's why. Second of all, I was going to do this earlier in the day, just didn't quite work out, and now we're doing this a little bit later. Wanted to wait till after the Twins game, and honestly, I probably could have just done it anyways because it doesn't really matter. Uh, the Twins dropped another game to the Houston Astros, five to three. They were down five one coming into the ninth inning, and like the game before, they decided, hey, you know, let's try and get a little rally going in the ninth inning, and then they're surprised when they. Uh, when they run out of outs. And there's been a whole lot that's happened uh, over the last couple days that I want to touch on in Twins territory. First off, uh, I think is, let's just recap this, uh, let's just recap the last week, shall we, since we talked. Uh, there was a lot of optimism with the Twins sweeping the Kansas City Royals. They have a four-game series against the Texas Rangers. They win the first game of that. They've won four in a row. Everything is clicking. It looks like, hey, this team is about to turn a corner. They have a softer spot in the schedule coming up. At least they can hold water, get into September, and then maybe try and win some games against Cleveland. And then the offense just decided to not show up. So they lost the next three against a bad Texas Rangers team that less than a week before fired their manager and a few days before the series fired their team president. So this is a team that is punting on this season and completely starting over. And you hand them three of four at home, by the way. And then your reward is going on the road to play the Houston Astros, who have the best record in the American League. They have the best starting rotation in baseball. And Justin Verlander, if his pitch count didn't get so high, was going to throw a no-hitter against you. And you, again, as we talked about, decided to score a couple of runs late, and it didn't really matter because you ran out of runs. You ran out of outs, I should say. And then it gets to earlier in yesterday's game, and about the fourth inning, Rocco Baldelli, uh, during a scuffle between pitcher Twins pitcher Aaron Sanchez and Jose Altuve, uh, Altuve got hit in the pitch with a thigh after going 0 for 2 in his first two at-bats and then took exception to getting hit. First of all, Jose Altuve, you're a baby. Because you were like, it's not like he was two for two with a double and a home run, and Sanchez was frustrated that he was getting the better of him, so he thought, hey, I'm just going to plunk him. No, it, it clearly was a pitch that got away. It's the first batter of an inning. He's gotten you out the first two times. Why would, what, what's the benefit to hitting Altuve in that situation? I, I don't understand. And so there was a scuffle. The, the, the guys were yelling at each other, and then the bench is cleared. And by that, I mean like a handful of guys walked out onto the field. Dusty Baker went to go calm Altuve down. Correa tried to play Peacemaker. And Baldelli walked out onto the field as well to try and calm down this situation. There's about 40 guys or so on the field. And Baldelli at one point walks across and says something to the pitcher Aaron Sanchez. Something along the lines of, hey, you good? You okay? All right, let's go. Something like that. Well, the umpiring crew decides to charge Baldelli a mound visit without saying anything. I'm not sure quite what the rule is on that. If you have to mention it or if you, I mean, a signal was clearly made because Bally Sports North crew, Bramer and Smalley, they were right on it saying, hey, Baldelli lost a mound visit. So it must have been reciprocated somehow that the that the scoreboard at Minute Maid Park was able to, was able to put that up there and register it because Bally picked up on it right away. Bramer said, hey, they've, they have a mound visit here. So if the Twins, like they're, 
kind of in a tough spot because there's nobody out, one on already, and if they have to make a mound visit, according to MLB rules, if you make a second one in an inning, you have to pull the pitcher out, or at least two with the same pitcher on the mound. And so uh, the next hitter walks, and pitching coach Pete Mackey comes out. He decides to try and just calm down Sanchez, but turns out he has to take him out. And Baldelli had no idea what was going on. And there's a bit of give and take in this situation. Baldelli got thrown out and he said his piece with the umpires and was screaming, as he should have been as a manager. But there's a two-way street with this. Is Do you blame the umpires for, hey, come on, how could you not let him know? That's kind of BS. Why is it a mound visit when there's 40 people out on the field and the opposing manager is out on the field? Like, what's going on here? Were we Like, the umpires' cases, they were talking strategy. But, like, it's not like Baldelli sat there and had a whole conversation with Aaron Sanchez. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of ticky-tack. Maybe it's technically the rule, but also, like, one of those things was like, really? You're going to do it for that? In a, where there's a bunch, where there's 40 people out on the field, you're going to say that me coming out there was a mound visit. I when I'm trying to when I'm trying to keep the peace, when I'm trying to talk my players down, how much strategy could we really have been talking about? I don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with it. Uh, and then there's the flip side, which is there's a dugout full of coaches that should be paying attention to the scoreboard that says how many mound visits there are. It wasn't a secret. The TV crew picked up on it right away there is no reason that that should happen uh, i understand that there was that there was a deal that baldelli had to go out onto the field he had to calm the situation down i understand why baldelli himself maybe didn't notice it right away but why him or any of the other coaches wasn't looking at the scoreboard at all or wasn't just figuring that out or factoring that in before Mackey went out on a mound visit is beyond me. I don't get it. The Twins had nobody warming up in the bullpen. Cole Sands had to come in cold, and they didn't give up a run in that situation, but they had to pull Sanchez a couple innings earlier than they probably would have liked to. And Sands pitched a lot of innings, but the problem is with Sands pitching a lot of those innings is now Chris Archer is pitching the rubber match. Uh, not a rubber match, but the, he's towing the rubber in the final game. And they're not going to be able to really be able to use Sands in the way that we talked about on the podcast this week, uh, last week, which was Archer pitches four innings, Sands comes in, pitches three, boom, you're into the seventh inning, seventh or eighth inning, and you're set now for the rest of the game. Now you're not, you might still be able to bring Cole Sands in for an inning or two, but you can't use him in that long reliever role that you really probably wanted to. Uh, I mean, it's just been a tough sledding for this Twins team. They've lost five in a row after winning four in a row, and they're four games behind in the American League Central. Now, they're still, what, 40-some games to go, 30-some games to go. It's not insurmountable, but things are getting harder and harder. And now that we've gotten that out of the way, we've gotten caught up, I kind of said my piece, I'm not really sure. I feel like I still fault the umpires more than Baldelli, but at the same time, here's a quick here's a quick story. Uh, when this is a basketball related story. When I was in high school basketball, uh, I rode the bench, but we were playing in this one gym. We were playing; it was a, a close game. We just tied it up or took the lead by one point, something like that. And our coach calls a timeout, or the other coach does. It doesn't matter. We're in a timeout, and we're sitting there. We're talking strategy, whatever. And in all that confusion of big basket, just took the lead, tied the game, like we're right in position to win this game. In all the confusion, six players ran out onto the court and nobody noticed. And then that's an automatic technical foul. We end up losing that game because of that mistake. And 
everybody thinks, you know, you blame the six guys who ran out onto the floor and our coach reminded us, and maybe you could have blamed him too, but I'm, the point is everybody was to blame. And that was his point of, there was a whole, there was th- uh, three coaches total and about 15 players total on that team. And nobody noticed that six guys were out on the floor. Nobody. And yeah, it's on fault of more of the guys directly involved and on top. But at the same time, everybody kind of shares that blame a little bit. So Baldelli can be mad at the umpires all he wants for crediting him with a mound visit. And he can be mad about that. But the fact that he wasn't paying more attention certainly has to be on the mind of Twins fans and certainly has to be on the mind of of uh, the front office. of Like, come on, man. Like, everybody has a mistake. I get it. I'm not trying to say that it's a fireable offense, but it's just not a good look at a time when your team is fading fast. And the Twins are fading fast. We talked about they've lost five in a row, probably going to lose six in a row against the Houston Astros tomorrow. And now, granted, you go back to target field, you have the San Francisco Giants and the Boston Red Sox, two teams who are fading as well, but they still are good baseball teams and you're still going to have to play well to beat them. And a couple different things is that the Twins are beat up right now. They've been beat up kind of all season, but now it's really taking its toll on some of their more top-end guys. Uh, Tyler Malley did end up going on the IL, and Byron Buxton is on the IL as well with hip soreness. And I get the reason for putting both of them on the IL. It's not because they're truly like hurt-hurt, but it's let's give these guys a bit of a break. Let's get them fully healthy for a September run. The only problem is they might already be too far gone by the time we hit September. We have another week of August and the twins are four games back. If they don't go rip off a bunch of wins in a hurry, it's going to be tough sledding for them. They're going to be in trouble. I, I, I don't know where the twins go from here. Uh, I put this out on Twitter right after the game. I don't have some big take on this twin season. I don't have some big retroactive take to the twins game. Uh, this is a microcosm of the season or, or any kind of thing like that. They've just broken me. I don't know where to go with this Twins team. I don't, there's so many things that have gone wrong and there were so many times to grab this division by the horns and there were so many times to take authority and there were so many times to do all of these different things and they just have not been able to do it. This has been the year, I guess if there's one way you want to recap the Minnesota Twins season up until August 24th in the year of our Lord 2022, is the Spongebob meme, of all things, of where Plankton says, let him have it, and it's the picture of Spongebob pointing at the other guy going, you can have it, and that's exactly how the Twins have been. Twins fans have been begging, Twins, have this division, this is yours, let them have it, let the rest of the AL Central know that this is your division, and the Twins looked at Cleveland and said, Hey, you can have it, Cleveland. Sure, your ownership did nothing for you in the offseason. They did nothing for you with the trade deadline either. And, yeah, let's reward them with uh, with a division run because, uh, I don't know, I, I don't... I'm at a loss for words. The Twins have broken me. I have nothing... Uh, I have no, no grand overarching take. The season isn't done yet. There's still plenty of games, as we talked about before. Plenty of games in the AL Central... I understand that, but right now there's not a lot of positives to look for in this Twins team, and we've talked about all season long the pitching has been an issue, and yeah, the pitching has cost this team games, uh, but there's something I wrote about in zone coverage earlier today, and you can go check it out, zonecoverage.com, but man, the Twins with runners in scoring position have maybe been one of the most disappointing things all year. The Twins lineup's lack of production in key spots has to be the the, the biggest disappointment 
outside of the pitching staff, but we kind of knew the pitching staff was going to be shaky. We knew the bullpen was going to be shaky because the Twins didn't address it in the offseason. We thought out of all the things the Twins had that their lineup was going to be the constant. Their pitching hasn't been spectacular all-worldly, but it certainly has been serviceable, and certainly in the last five Twins losses, there's about three, maybe even four games where they've pitched well enough to put them in a position to win. The Twins hitters have not returned the favor. Um, here's the thing. They were three for 27 with runners in scoring position against Texas. That's not good. They lost a couple one-run ball games against the Rangers. Not good. Uh, and just out of all of these things and all all of the things we thought the Twins were going to struggle with, hitting with runners in scoring position wasn't something we thought was going to happen, and this team has just been putrid in that situation. I They're like a, they're like a nine, 1957 Chevy Bel Air. They're a classic muscle car. They're a team that looked pretty in June. They're a team that had power. They're a team that looked sleek. They looked like they were going to cruise in their division, whatever kind of puns you want to use, but the situation I equated them to was a 1957 Chevy Bel Air. The only problem is, is halfway through the drive, they realized their clutch was broken. And now it's trying, now it's about to ruin the whole car in the process. And that's really what's happened. This twins team, I know pitching has been an issue, but they work to fix it. The clutch has been an issue all season long and they have done nothing. And I understand the trade deadline pitching was the biggest need. It was actively losing them ballgames at the time. You had to make a decision to prioritize pitching and to get a backup catcher. And there were a few Twins fans, not a ton, but there were a few clamoring for Joey Gallo or an extra outfielder. This team could use a little extra, this team could use another bat, preferably a righty bat. And they didn't do that. Now, they didn't want to give out a ton of resources. They already spent a lot at the trade deadline, but they really could have used one. And maybe they just could have used a, a better bat all season long. Maybe, you know, maybe if Kirilov doesn't have the wrist issue, maybe if Larnick stays healthy, maybe if Royce Lewis doesn't tear his ACL. I get that there's been injury issues, but there's still Byron Buxton, Jorge Polanco, Carlos Correa, Luis Arise is probably going to win the batting title this year. That's four out of your five hitters. Two of them are all-stars. One in Jorge Polanco is consistently solid, and Carlos Correa is a platinum glove, all-star World Series champion. He's everything that the Twins have wanted him to be, or at least we're expecting him to be. He's been about two-thirds of the way there. He's been fine, but hasn't been spectacular for the Twins this season. And it just goes to show that they're when the Twins lineup is fully healthy, they have something. But when they're not, they're in trouble. And runners in scoring position has impacted everybody in the lineup. Having a fuller lineup takes it away a little bit, but... I mean, look, since June, the Twins have been, what, 32 and 37, 32 and 38? Has been great, and a lot of the reason has been the bullpen and the fact that they can't get any timely hits. On the outside looking in, the Twins have 144 home runs. That's top 10 in baseball. They're seventh in baseball and weighted runs created with, uh, weighted runs created plus with 111. They create runs, but the problem is, is it hasn't come, it comes in bunches, and then it doesn't come at all. They have a low strikeout rate, by the way, as a team. They have a top 10 walk rate. It's not that they're, it's not that they're going up, swinging at, at balls, and they're striking out a ton. They're not doing that. They're, they have, I don't know, they, on the outside looking in, the Twins are getting guys on base. They have a 319 team on base percentage. That's eighth best in baseball. 
The problem is they haven't been able to bring them home. It's not that this offense is bad at getting guys on base. It's bad at moving guys down the line. And the Twins are 21st in baseball with a 245 average with runners in scoring position. 22nd in baseball with a 702 team OPS in those situations. In terms of run production, they're 23rd in baseball. In terms of home runs, they're 21st with runners in scoring position. 330 RBIs with runners in scoring position. Sounds like a lot. Uh, 23rd in baseball. And in that weighted runs created plus, they're 20th in the league in that department. Most of the playoff teams are ahead of them in every category. The only exception being actually the New York Yankees on their batting average with runners in scoring position. But outside of that, it's not ideal. And their numbers have only gotten worse since June 1st. They're 29th in weighted runs created plus since June 1st. They've uh, 25th overall in runs with runners in scoring position since June 1st. They have a 24th ranked uh, team OPS on base plus slogging. Uh, with runners in scoring position since June 1st. Big hits have eluded this team all season long, specifically in the last three months, and it's going to likely cost this team a playoff spot. Uh, That series against Texas just made it painfully clear. And we talked about you have a lineup of Buxton, Arise, Correa. Uh, How can this happen? Now, maybe you blame the high volume of strikeouts, but the on-base percentage is still high. And they don't walk a decent amount. They don't really strike out a ton, or at least even compared to Twins teams of 2021, 2020, 2019, they don't necessarily strike out a ton. The Twins have home run hitters. Is it to blame that their approach isn't good, that they're not hitting enough singles? Uh, I mean, kind of, but not really. Uh, they're, uh, they have a 38% fly ball rate with runners in scoring position. Uh, it probably doesn't mean that the Twins aren't hitting enough home run, or that they're that they're hitting home runs too much. They have a 38% fly ball rate. I think their ground ball rate is that they actually hit ground balls more in these situations. So I don't necessarily think it's that they're trying too hard to hit home runs. Really, what I think is, if anything, home runs would help this team more. I mean, they've only hit 18 home runs in the span of, uh, in since June 1st, that's about league average. Uh, but again, they, they have a 20.8% strikeout weight with runners in scoring position. That's league average. It could be better, but it's not a glaring issue. It's not something where you're like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievably bad. Uh, it's not really a launch angle issue. The twins are league average in that. It's not that they're trying to, it's not that they're elevating the ball too much. They're just taking poor at-bats. They're getting poor results. And this isn't even a, well, the Twins just, I mean, really, the Twins just need to hit the ball harder. That's been their thing. They've been able to hit the ball. They've been unable to make solid contact. The Twins are barreling up 9.3% of their contact. That's actually higher than league average, 7.6%. I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you, but I'm kind of puzzle piecing this together. Their exit velocity uh, is... Their average exit velocity on balls is 89.6, hovering around the league average of 88.6. So there isn't much really you can do with a runner on base if you don't hit the ball hard. How many times do we watch this Twins team and they're able to put the ball in play, but they you saw it in the ninth inning today. They hit into a double play. You uh, almost hit into a double play earlier. You make soft contact with the ball. 
you hit a pop-up into center field. I mean, the Twins have had a decent amount of sac. I feel I don't think I could prove this, but it feels like the Twins have led the league in sacrifice flies because whenever they get a run around third and one out, they always manage to just hit it to straightaway center, and the run is able to score, but now the rally's over, and you only get one run out of the deal when you have a chance to kind of turn multiple runs in on that situation. Base is loaded with nobody out, and you get a runner across, but it's only because of a sack fly. I mean, it's things like that. If they've been unable to get big hits in big situations, they've been unable to hit the ball hard. So what do you do to fix that? Well, one is you change your approach at the plate. You figure out how to fix it. But you're almost to September. How much? How many tweaks in your swing or in your approach can you really make at this point in the season that and to have a quick turnaround? Like, how much? How can you find an approach, implement it, and change it? all with 30-some games left in the season. How can you, you know, and it's a team-wide issue, so how, are you expecting all nine guys to turn around? Or are you even going to get half of those guys to turn around in production? I know any bit helps, but I don't know if it's going to be enough to save you. And also, there's really not a lot of guys, I mean, Buxton will come back, maybe Larnick will come back this season, maybe Ryan Jeffers will come back this season, other than that, I mean, I know those guys will help their starters, but I mean, it'll give them more lineup flexibility, but I just don't necessarily think that that's going to also be the shot in the arm that's going to help. I think really the Twins are just, I mean, uh, this is just going to have to be the Twins the rest of the season is cross your fingers and hope we get lucky. Hope the Twins go on some kind of magical 2009, 2006-esque run in the final month of the season where, or in the final weeks, even where you just get hot at the right time and you catch a team slipping up and then you're able to beat them. But that's really all they're banking on. And that's not a great strategy is to just bank on uh, your team getting hot at the right time. Cause the twins have been ice cold for three months. It's not like, Oh, they're in a bad couple weeks stretch, but they'll turn things around. They've been ice cold since June 1st. We talked about this. So look, I don't know. This team has just been cursed. First, the and I'll explain later, but cursed is the way I'm going to say it right now. First, the pitching depth shows early in the season. You're like, hey, we got something here with this pitching staff. They're pitching great, only five innings, but they'll go, they'll stretch out as the season goes along. There's young guys coming up, and then that didn't happen. And then the bullpen collapsed. Emilio Pagan was shaky, but at least getting outs. And then all of a sudden, he couldn't do anything right and the back and Duffy couldn't do anything right and whatever and then as soon as the bullpen seems to turn a corner or at least the pitching has gotten respectable league average whatever then they then the offense implodes and they can't get big hits and they can't score runs and they can't do any of this and now Buxton's on the IL and I mean and they've been cursed with injuries I get that we talked about before Royce Lewis Chris Paddock uh, Jorge Alcala, Trevor Larnick, Alex Kirilov, Ryan Jeffers. It's been an issue. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say it's not. The problem is this is also a mess of their own making. I've said it on this podcast before. I've written about it before that they've neglected the bullpen. Their big signing was Joe Smith in the offseason. Joe Smith. Their big trade acquisition was Emilio Pagan. I know he was attacked on piece in the Chris Paddock deal, but he, but Emilio Pagan 
was your piece. That was supposed to be that was supposed to be a piece you got. He was supposed to help out the bullpen. And the Twins put him in a lot of high-leverage innings. So they must have thought highly enough of him to have him be the de facto closer when when Rodgers was absent, when they traded Taylor Rodgers. So they the bullpen the bullpen being bad and the bullpen collapsing leads at the end of games that is on the front office that's a hundred percent on them they neglected that this entire offseason and i get the offseason was weird but they did nothing they they thought i mean outside of johan duran having an unbelievable rookie season it hasn't it's been a mess out of every step of the way. Nothing has went right for them in that department. The 2019-2020 bullpens feel more like the Twins kind of got lucky. And there were a bunch of guys like Trevor May that you had in the back end. And Duffy all of a sudden found a groove for a couple years. And Rogers was good. And you had those three guys and you had a couple others helping out along the way. But it just feels like... They have not been able to piece a bullpen together. They weren't able to do it in 2018. They weren't able to do it in 2021. And they, at least at the beginning and through two-thirds of the season, weren't able to do it in 2022. Uh, And the pitching, the starting pitching, I understand Paddock was hurt. I understand Maeda's been hurt. They both had Tommy John. And you had Wes Johnson leave in the middle of the season. I understand all that. But they were expecting big contributions from Ober from Winder, from Jordan Belazovic. And if you don't know who Jordan Belazovic is, he's a pitcher in AAA. They expected him to get to the big leagues at some point this season. His ERA is over eight. He's not been good in AAA. Maybe he gets to the big leagues next year, but man, he's had a brutal season. He hasn't even earned an opportunity to get up to the big leagues. And there's just... I don't know, man. I, like, that's the only thing I just keep turning back to. Every single time I think about this Twins team and how much they... Uh, I get injuries have played a role in their pitching. I get they have, but they didn't do much outside of getting Chris Paddock. That was supposed to be their big acquisition. Now, Mally and I, they had Sonny Gray. So Paddock and Sonny Gray were nice acquisitions, but you still had to rely on Dylan Bundy and Chris Archer. And I guarantee the Twins' plan was to not have Bundy or Archer in their current roles that they're in at this point in the season. One of them, if not both of them, would have been DFA'd or in a bullpen role or something like that. So I don't think that was not the Twins' plan is to have Dylan Bundy and Chris Archer pitching baseball games for you in August and September. And But that's where we're at because Ober's been hurt, Winder's been hurt, and Belazovic has imploded and there's a few other pitchers in triple a and double a that i'm sure the twins were counting on and they never quite got that production cole sands might have been another one now he's kind of figured things out in this long reliever role but they trotted him out for two starts and he got blasted in both of them and they probably still see him as a starting pitcher so they're i mean they just they have their pitching has been a mess and it's just blown up in their face and that hasn't been good the lineup as well uh, Carlos Correa is a good signing. I understand that the twins have just rode veterans. Uh, I mean, a little too long, but you look at Emilio Pagan as another guy, uh, that they've just thrown out there time and time again. And you almost think it's to try and justify the Taylor Rogers trade because Paddock is the main piece of that deal. And he went down with Tommy John surgery in April. So you have to find some way to justify this trade for trading your best reliever. So you have to throw Pagan out there in a bunch of meaningful innings and, he got crushed, and I, 
the, the Twins have basically kind of screwed this season up five ways from Sunday, and that gets to the big question of them all is, who do you blame? Is the ownership going to put blame on anybody? I I doubt it uh, because they're competitive into September and they're going to say injuries derailed their season. They're going to say whatever. But what do you do if you're – now? I, the ownership isn't going to do anything. They gave the Twins an A-plus, plus or whatever it was for the 2021 season and how they handled that. That was a mess, a worse mess than this season uh, because they were bad from almost nearly the start. And now – as we look into this season, what is ownership going to say? They sold the, the Twins didn't sell at the deadline. And I still don't fault them for buying at the deadline. I don't think they should have sold. They were in a position to buy. In retrospect, maybe they should have traded Carlos Correa. But I'm not going to play the the what-if game. And the hindsight's 2020. I'm not really going to... Sp- I, I don't really think that that's still an option. I still don't think you trade Carlos Correa. But because you still think maybe you have a chance of... Uh, of an extension of convincing him to stay and and maybe that's gone at this point I don't know but th- I I don't I don't mind I'm not going to rip the team for spending at the deadline I'm not going to rip the team for adding guys cuz outside of Michael Fulmer who is a free agent to be in the off season uh Tyler Malley is going to be with this Twins team next season Jorge Lopez is going to be with the Twins for the next couple seasons the Twins have some roster control on these guys. So if the Twins don't make the playoffs this season, you still have a closer to pair with Duran in the eighth inning. So you have a one-two punch at the back end of your bullpen that you can build on, and then you'll get Alcala back. You'll do all that. The rotation you have, you'll have, again, we've talked about this before, Mally, Ryan. You'll have Sonny Gray. You'll have you'll have uh, Kenta Maeda back, most likely. You'll have Chris Paddock back most likely, and you'll have a couple extra guys in the mix as well. So you have some starting pitching, and especially when you look at guys like Winder and Ober, they have some guys they can throw in there, but I don't know. They, they My whole point is they sold at the de- or they bought at the deadline. That is not a bad thing to be buyers at the trade deadline. I don't fault them for that. I don't fault them for that at all, but here's, but here's the thing. They have to figure out some way to justify how bad this team has been. They're going to blame injuries. I think that's probably what it's going to be. But is there any blame? I'm not saying there should be. But is there any blame that goes on Rocco Baldelli? Is there any blame that goes on the front office? Are their jobs in jeopardy at all? I don't think they are. I'm getting out in front of it. I don't think they are. I think they were still competitive enough. Ownership's not going to get mad at them. They're still in a good position to compete in 2023. You'll have Royce Lewis. You'll have uh, Alex Kirilov. You'll have Trevor Larnick all fully healthy. And then we talked about the pitching. But is Rocco Baldelli a fall guy in this situation? Is there a a spot where the front office kind of has to have somebody fall under the bus on this one and it turns to Rocco? And you could say just the the way that this team has fallen apart and just something needs to be done, a message needs to be sent to the clubhouse that this is unacceptable and we're serious about winning. I don't think that Baldelli gets fired, I'll be honest. I think the Twins still like him. I think 
that he's a good enough manager. I think the players like him enough. I don't think he's lost the clubhouse. I think they've just poorly performed. And if you're really going to look at this, Baldelli, early in the season, I know he was getting blamed for his pitching moves, but at the same time, his bullpen was his bullpen was crap. We talked about this earlier in the podcast. Uh, he was not given a lot to work with. So the fact that it was bad doesn't even necessarily fall on Baldelli. The bullpen being bad falls on the front office. Now you could say some of the lineups being constructed, you could blame on Baldelli, whatever. I, the front office plans the lineups just as much as Baldelli. So the front office, as much as the front office likes to control the manager, and that's what it is around baseball, that means they kind of have to fall on their sword a little bit when the the way that they construct the lineup and the and the bullpen moves and whatever that's all on then the front or that's on the front office and the manager they get to you can't split the credit and the blame they get the blame in this situation as well so i think if you're going to try and make baldelli the fall guy you're going to have to say he lost the locker room or guys didn't want to play for him or he couldn't motivate him enough i don't think you can accurately make that case I, I think if you're the front office too, if you fire Baldelli was your handpicked guy, you got rid of Paul Molitor, who was a fine manager. He wasn't spectacular, but he was fine. You threw him out the door after a year after winning AL manager of the year to try and to try and find your own guy. Baldelli was that guy. The twins want to be Tampa Bay light. Baldelli was a Tampa Bay guy. They brought him in and made him manager. And if you're going to fire him, well, guess what? That's more pressure on you as the front office. It means this next guy you bring in better be worth his salt. I don't think the Twins fireball Delhi. I think he stays in the organization at least another year. But things are falling apart for this Twins team, and you kind of have to look and say, is if the Twins don't make the playoffs, if they completely fall apart, who do you blame? Who Somebody has to get blamed here. Somebody needs to be held accountable for how bad this team has been and how much they fell apart and who is that going to be i'm not quite sure so i don't know this this has been a very pessimistic bombs away podcast i'm not trying to make it that i just have a lot of i just have a lot of frustration at this baseball team right now and it goes from the from the top down it goes from falvey and levine in the front office it goes down to baldelli it goes down to the players not just not getting it done the players being bullpen guys being put in bad situations because the bullpen depth was so bad starters having to only pitch five innings because they can't get through the lineup a third time through hitters not being able to produce and run with runners in scoring position putting more pressure on a bullpen and starting staff that isn't necessarily at the top of their game all of this has just been a gigantic mess but the worst part of it all is that the AL Central despite all of the twins issues was still very much there for the taking and they squandered every opportunity they had a five game lead in the division in June they should have run away and hid with this division it should not have even been close the twins were the only American League Central team to actually buy at the trade deadline Cleveland did nothing they did absolutely nothing and yet and yet they have a four game lead which might go to show you Terry Francona might be the best manager in baseball. Terry Francona, manager of the Cleveland Guardians. Time and time again, he gets just a terrible early 2000s Minnesota Twins team that is full of nothing but slap hitters, and he still finds a way to get them to play hard with an ownership that refuses to spend. He still gets them to play hard. They have unbelievable pitching, so that helps too, and they know how to develop pitching, which turns out if you know how to develop pitching – you can put yourself in position to win the division a lot of seasons. So, I don't know. It's just tough. I 
you, you see what Cleveland did with a good manager in, I'm not trying to take a shot at Baldelli here, but Terry Francona is a good manager, a dang good manager. And honestly, if he was on any other team other than Cleveland, he probably should be getting more credit for what he does. He might just be the best manager in baseball with what he's doing. He should win manager of the year for what's going on with that ball club. But look, they just figured out a way to win. They found ways to win. That's the old early 2000s Ron Garden hire. Gardy just got put in the Twins Hall of Fame over the weekend. It, it, they, no matter what the circumstances were, no matter how small your payroll was, no matter how whatever, they still found a way to win ball games. And that's what the Cleveland Guardians have done. And the Twins have certainly helped them out by fluttering. Even if Cleveland is on this hot stretch, the Twins were on, at the, before June, they were on a 90-some win pace. I don't even think, Cleveland might be scaring the Twins, but if the Twins were able to just keep that pace they were on in the first couple months of the season, they would still be in charge of the AL Central. Even if the Twins just won a few different ball games, they'd be a couple games back and they'd be within striking distance. Four games back is tough. Playing Houston again tomorrow, probably not another win. And then you have to play some not bad but not great teams in, um, in San Francisco and Boston. And then a AL Central heavy month of September and early October. Uh, I mean, there's an opportunity for the Twins to come back. I'll, I'll finish with that. There is an opportunity. The door is open, but they have not taken advantage of opportunities for the last three months. It's hard to see them doing it now. They need a come-to-Jesus moment in that clubhouse, assist a soldier moment, or whatever you want to call it. But something needs to happen fast, otherwise this season is dead. And if this season is dead, our attention then turns away from how the Twins can get back in this thing and turns to what went wrong and who's responsible. All right, that'll do it for the Bombs Away podcast. I'm CJ Baumgartner. We'll see you guys next time.